Accelerating Careers in Real Estate with Nick Carman. Brought to you by McDonald & Company. The Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast is now supported by the Urban Land Institute. To find out more about becoming a member, please follow the link in the show notes, remembering to quote the promo code ACRE to take advantage of all the benefits of our partnership. More details at the end of this podcast. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Accelerating Careers in Real Estate podcast. Just as a reminder, the LinkedIn group now is active. Links are in the uh, the notes below and I hope to see more of you in there. That's going to be the first place I start uh, promoting and sharing information in regards to our summer mentoring program with some of our guests so far. So let me get started on today's episode. This evening, I'm joined by Hala Elaka. She's the real estate professional operating at the intersection between design, innovation, and sustainability. Director of PLP Architecture, where she runs a large mixed-use schemes of projects across Europe and the Middle East, and the founder and lead of PLP Labs, PLP Architecture's innovation group. She's the recipient of the ULI European Young Talent Award in 2020, committee member of Urban Land Institute's DNI initiative and member of the Cambridge Land Economic Advisory Board. So Hala, thank you very much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Nick. Um, well, and let's get started. So how does chapter one begin for you? So chapter one is, I think, begins uh, almost before I was born. So I <laughs> I very early on developed a, a fascination for everything that had to do with uh, the built environment and the different disciplines that lead to creating places and so on. I grew up on construction sites and and um, come from a family of I'm going to use the word builders, but of you know at different uh, coming from different disciplines as well. And uh, so I think I just grew up with that and. When I, um, it came for me to, uh, when I had to choose what I wanted to do at university, I was trying to, to resist. Now I was 17, 18, and I actually wanted to do anything but what my parents were doing. And I had actually been studying biology and, and genetics. But I um, registered, I had two choices at university, which were architecture and biology, and, uh, and I was accepted in both. And then on the first day, I just, you know, instinctively went to architecture and uh, decided to double major in architecture and sociology. And now that I say this out loud, I, I think it was it has been the same for my sister who did study architecture, but um, ended up in film. She's a film director now. But she did she did go through an architectural education to start with, so there must be something there, genetic. <laughs> okay, and so when where did this first sort of architecture sort of degree where did where did it lean to? So I uh, I was at the American University in Beirut, which is an absolutely fantastic place. As it was such a in, in enjoyable place to study, and we used uh, Beirut uh, as a as a laboratory, which also was, I think, a great uh, opportunity from a heritage perspective, from a history perspective, from a, a planning perspective, uh, from a social science perspective. So really using Beirut uh, uh, as a lab. And um, and after that, I wanted to um, 
deepen my understanding of uh, urban governance and uh, and law actually and, and regulation and, and planning and this is why I went to Paris to Sciences Po to study urban governance and uh, following that came to the LSE in London uh, to uh, study urban planning. Now you make it sound extremely logical and very well thought out. Did it seem like that at the time? Were you were you as mature as that in your sort of early twenties? No, not no, no, not at all. I think the first the, the a lot of it happened uh, instinctively. So when I was studying architecture, we did have a lot of electives that we could take, and naturally they all I was taking. I found myself taking all of them in the sociology department and. So, you know, so that happened because I did, I felt that that was something that was missing from my education because, you know, as an architect, every, every line that you draw, every volume that you design has a direct impact on how people interact mm -hmm. and whether you're designing a home, an office, a neighborhood, it's all about social interaction. And maybe that's that's one side of me that we also can talk about. But I, I do. I always feel like I I need to make sure I have the the the, the right knowledge and and the right experience in order to be able to advise or speak about something. Uh, that that's what gives me confidence. Like just doing the work. And so I felt like I I had to do that. But then I must say when I arrived to Paris, I thought that degree was fascinating and the school is a it's a very good school and so I, I get there and I found myself everyone else no one was an architect in the degree they were all political scientists or and I did feel it was a very steep learning curve and it was very much it's a university from which a lot of the French uh, I'm going to use the word politicians but like people who work in the I say, public sector come from and and they had all had been studied France, uh, ad, uh, you know, administrative structures and so on for many years. And I was parachuted there and I felt, you know, a bit disconnected, but very quickly, you know, adapted and started to learn. And But it was at the beginning, I think, was a little bit rocky. <laughs> And um, but the LSE came more naturally. And I feel extremely lucky to have had uh, these three cities, so Beirut, Paris and London, as uh, to have lived in them as students, uh, to have developed relationships and networks in them, but to, to have had the chance to use them as grounds for learning and experimentation and, and, and knowledge. Okay, Sahala. So, so listening to all, all this, I am certain it must have been sort of extremely exciting and fascinating and moving, like you said, across these three different cities, three different sort of areas of study. But where was this heading? Where do you think this was leading you towards? So at, at that time, I think the idea that had crystallized in my head is that I wanted to work for the public sector. I wanted to be in a municipality where I could influence policies that were then going to guide how uh, how places were created. And also very early on noted that, you know, France has a very, the, their urbanism is very much one of text here is, is quite different because it's, you have to every time dem demonstrate and almost write the rules for your site all over again. So I found it really fascinating and that's what I wanted to do. Except that it didn't go, <laughs> it didn't go that way. Because I, I met and was uh, introduced to a, 
a, a group of people who was uh, looking at setting up uh, a new practice with a lot of the values and, and purpose and uh, ideas that uh, resonated with me. And maybe with a bit of, um, uh, I think at that age, I I did less of weighing the pros and the cons. And, and I, I spontaneously felt that something clicked and I, and I jumped and joined a group of 20 people who started PLP architecture. So I remember that first, you know, some of these conversations were taking place in a, in, in a you know, coffee shop in Covent Garden because you know the PLP did not exist yet. It was early discussions, and uh, in retrospect, it was you know I it was really uh, I think it was one of the best decisions I took. Well, let me just ask a quick question about about that decision. Um, how old were you? Do you think when you when you when you leave when you're leaving LSE? Uh, maybe twenty. 22 23 24 something like that okay 23 24 um and you t- you talk then about about sort of the resonation then of the values and what they what they were doing i don't think that's necessarily the case for lots of other sort of um 23 24 year olds in terms of necessarily about uh, about the values i think they've they've probably often got some different sort of drivers for them uh, many are driven just for brand names aren't they sort of business cards things to mm-hmm. impress their mates with what was it that made that, that group then so attractive? What attracted me in the initial conversations uh, I was having with the, the, the different members of, of, the, uh, of that initial group which uh, set up uh, PLP was the, the, the entrepreneurial uh, approach. The fact that this is us, we're going to build a business, we we are going to have to do everything from scratch. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, we're going to have to do everything ourselves. It's not like there's a machine that is well-oiled or anything. We are interested in international markets. We are interested in oil sectors, but also we want to do things right. We have a strong commitment to sustainability, to local and cultural specificities, and to um, building teams that are truly and really uh, representative and multidisciplinary. So so that spoke to me because I felt there was an opportunity to really contribute and to uh, learn very quickly and be exposed to things that I wouldn't be exposed to uh, in a either in a larger organization or you know as a f- someone who's starting a career in you know first year in a local authority. And how did those first few months go? So I, w- I was actually at the beginning I was meant to work on a project uh, in Damascus, a master plan and w- with what happened in, in Syria that never materialized. So I was working on, on, on another large master plan uh, in the Middle East, but also working on a number uh, of competitions. And I felt like I there was much um, more that I could do and contribute to, and but that I was sort of in my in my corner doing my own thing and maybe a little bit shy and uh, and, and and not uh, speaking as openly as as I would today and contribute uh, in, in in the same way. And this is where I seeked um, advice from the president and the founder of uh, of PLP and. 
and expressed that to him. I, I really felt like I wasn't used to my abilities. And I think from that day on, he he must have thought that I was a little bit mad. But from that, from that day on, uh, he sort of took me under under his wing. And I, one of the really great things at PLP is that you feel that you are nurtured uh, and encouraged to take more responsi- more responsibility, but also given the the, the support and uh, to be able to do that, whether it's in, in learning new skills and in whether they're technical or leadership skills. And it's something that then you also uh, start doing with others because it's really part of the culture. And I've noticed throughout the last 13 years, really, that this is something that um, Lee actually does a lot uh, with young emerging talents and to empower them and to trust them. And and then they sort of have to succeed. And I think that's what he sort of did uh, with me. Well, you know, I like to do a bit of research, don't you, before before these. So I did ask someone at PLP about how these first few months went. Mm-hmm. And they so they they told me this the, a similar story but in a, a different perspective. Oh. And so they remembered sort of how and their first impressions of how it was actually this was the first person hired at, at PLP who wasn't known to the business. And so it was tough. You know, you, it sound it sounded like you were the sort of this outsider, you weren't part of the, ori- the original sort of clique. And it sounds it sounds like you sat very patiently for the first five or six months. And then they said it wasn't didn't necessarily put across in terms of seeking advice, but they uh, they they said this sort of young sort of architect uh, came up and said, "You're not using all my skills." And it was that that sheer confidence from someone that that sort of age made them really sit up and listen. And they thought that was a real catalytic moment then in terms of your career, because from then on after, you and you and Lee worked very closely together as a consequence. Going, there's two there's two parts I wanted to ask you about. Did you feel like an outsider in the sense of because you were the you were the, the lesser known quantity, you were the you were the person who hadn't worked together, you were the person who hadn't built up these bonds before before the birth of PLP? I I didn't feel like like an outsider. I felt more like a bit of an observer because I I felt like I needed to learn it. Don't forget, it was my real my first real job, and not in you know not it was a, you know not six months. Not it was there to stay in my, in my mind. So I did feel like I had to sit and observe in a, in a bit of in my corner, and um, and I did. But that didn't last long, did it? No, because then I, I, I really felt like, to be perfectly, I, I felt like I was I was not being used for all my skill. And I'm, I almost felt, you know, if this is my firm and I'm, you know, paying people to be here, I want to use their skills. So it felt like not really <laughs> logical to have me here and not use everything I could do. And this is where I had that um, that conversation and uh, in a very candid and and, and and open and open way, and and this is where um, I did start to work very closely with Lee on a number of strategic initiatives on and including projects. Okay, well, so, so the theme the theme of obviously our podcast is about um, accelerating and then mm. sort of resting chapters. This sounds like this is a wonderful start then to a real accelerating part of your of your career after this sort of catalytic moment. Um, tell us a little bit more in terms of what you know what happens after this time. What are you what are you learning? What are you what are you sort of involved in? 
So uh, after this time, uh, as if there were the early uh, early years of PLP, which I remember with such fondness because we were really working hard to build a name and to uh, win work. And so it was a, a lot of, um, of, of competition work, uh, a, a lot of um, assisting um, some of our in, investor and developer client, like a very early stages, um, you know, bidding on, on sites and, and building a business in parallel. And we had to do everything ourselves that you know for, for, from contract to design to marketing to new business to you know just getting on a plane and meeting new people telling them about uh about us and and and, and building these relationships so it was very very uh, intense i would say physically i, I remember our first office uh, was in camden and I remember the, the you know our, our weekends there. It's not very, but but we all you know we wanted to be there. We felt like we were really part of of something and 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 building you know what has become quite an amazing practice really. We've had that initial spark then of of wanting of wanting more. You've been involved in obviously uh, in the development of the company and all the work that goes around that and sort of the varied sort of skills and talents that. Where does the next acceleration comes from? Where's you know and what and what might have been the spark for that? I think by that that stage, um, I had worked uh, on on a number of uh, projects in, in in London, in Europe, and in the Middle East, and and in different sectors. And by that time as well, the firm had grown from twenty to two hundred people. And I, I I must say I feel like the theme I've had to throughout these years to reinvent i feel like every two three years there's a reinvention and it corresponds with identifying a business need um, at plp and my personal sort of development and it's the, the trick is trying to marry these so that it makes sense and to keep the curiosity alive, the learning, the excitement, but also uh, contribute. So by that point, we had grown, we had grown quite a bit. And what I started to notice is that there are things that we had to develop to, uh, uh, early on uh, as, as, as ways of working that were not necessarily working anymore because we had grown so much. And so I, 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 I went home f f for Christmas and decided to, and naturally started to work on a sort of a pitch on a presentation that talked about um, uh, our new business strategy, which sectors, which countries, what kind of approach, uh, and then that looked at how do we communicate about these. And 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 the third uh, chapter, if you want, of that of that work was on. What are the things that we could do better intern internally? So what are the things we're doing right in terms of process and where can we Im improve things? And one of the things that came out of that was to actually build from scratch a CRM system that uh, actually helped do things. So it held a number of uh, internal workshops to understand how we were doing things, where the gaps and the challenges were, then write and propose new process and then have these uh, embodied in that uh, and captured in that new system. So came back from from uh, Christmas uh, break and sat with uh, uh, the leadership, took them through this, and then the next thing I knew was that I was tasked with, you know, building a team 
for that group and writing a, a longer strategy piece, but based on on the things we had just looked at. And that was very exciting uh, because it, it was new, but I felt that I had the confidence to do it because of I knew the business really well in, inside out, but also because, uh, you know, it's teamwork and people were hungry for this. So they it was uh, easy to get them around the, the, the table and try to build consensus as well uh, around uh, what the strategy would look like. Out of interest, is this the first leadership role that you're experiencing? I think prior to that, that the, there were, it was leadership on maybe on a project. So you're working on this project and you're leading that aspect of thing. This was maybe more of a uh, of a leadership role that was uh, that dealt with the business rather than standard project work. And how comfortable was that transition then for you as an architect, for some for someone who's clearly extremely passionate about what she does and the impact there? How easy is it then to take a step back from from holding the pencil, from from being in really deep into the design to to being more involved in the business? So I think this really um, matter to me because in in a sense it's not only about about the design, but it's also about doing things right in a certain way. But I I did feel that this was such a necessary step in order to allow us and the designer, the architects, the master planners and everyone on the team to deliver, to do a better job and to facilitate uh, and and sort of uh, eliminate some points where you know some uh, difficulty in, in everyday life. So the purpose of, 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 of this whole thing was a to get the type of work that we like and that we're good at, but also to make it easier for people to to share the knowledge that has been uh, created, to make it accessible for everyone, and to to make sure that platform worked for all people, but uh, into it and essentially made things smoother. Um, Every day, and I think I was maybe well placed to do that precisely because um, I, I understood the the type of work and the culture. I think it's very difficult when you bring someone from the outside uh, to do these things, although a fresh eye can help. So maybe I was this sort of in between the two. I don't know. And what are you learning? Do you think at this at this stage in your career? I'm learning to um, to communicate and build consensus in order to you know to make sure that uh, people are buying in and adopting this new strategy. I'm learning um, to speak different languages. Uh, you do have even within you know it's a group of designers, but you do have a different school of thoughts, which makes the richness of, of the team really. But you have a lot of people you know thinking differently, different approaches, and it's about trying to allow everyone to find in this strategy something that works from for them. So it's a lot of uh, almost di- diplomacy, but also learning maybe that uh, in order to deliver this type of work and because it's it's so broad and, and, and there so it's um, maybe accepting that it's not going to be a hundred percent perfect but it's going to happen because uh, I think maybe in, in 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 the past I always waited for that perfection before talking about something communicating about something or and through that process, uh, actually, I learned that bringing people on board 
early on and allowing them to shape things even before they are perfect and was actually quite helpful. Okay. Uh, I am curious. You know, you've you sort of spoken, you said, or at least you sort of, you've described yourself as being quite a sort of mature individuals in terms of at the very, very start, start of this career. So I'm, I am curious now as to at this point in time, the transition you've gone from, where did you see yourself taking this to? And sort of how ambitious did you allow yourself to be at this stage of your career? I don't know how I feel about the word uh, ambitious, but um, and maybe that's uh, a problem. I, th- I think at, at, that, at that stage, I, I was really happy with uh, how, how, how that team was built. Uh, and uh, I was also working on projects in parallel, but there was something that... Uh, germ uh, like very early on uh, at PLP and that is an inherent part of um, a lot of our projects and which sort of comes back to what is essential to to me Um, and it's that commitment to you know sustainable design and by sustainable I mean not only environmentally friendly but very much socially you know respectful of of certain certain set of social values and, and a notion of fairness, and also advances in in technology, and uh, and this is where um, with a group of, of people we focused on uh, creating an innovation group within PLP that looked at these topics, but not only in a theoretical bubble but also in an applied way, and this is how PLP Labs uh, was born. What was what was driving you at, the, at that stage? What did you want to get out of this? What was driving me? I, 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 there's building a business and seeing that it's working, and the I'm going to use the word adrenaline. But what comes out of this is that okay, what I'm what I'm doing is is, is working. I'm getting that positive feedback. The countries we're working in, you know, it's is growing. We're being asked to look. Uh, at new sectors, we're being trusted with very strategic work at early stages. We're being also trusted with a lot of product innovation. We're also be and and I think it's that um, reinforcing positive feedback, which uh, really gave me the motivation to, you know, confirm that we were doing some things right, and that uh, kept me going. So as part of part of my research, you know, I, I asked a little bit more about sort of your background and, and and a bit more about particularly about this sort of middle part of your career. Um, and this is this is what they said. And they said young voices can can struggle to be heard in owner operated, particularly sort of new companies um, where there is, you know, there's such a strong sort of voice behind them. Um, but you kept challenging Lee to develop and to set up an innovation lab. And in my in my research, they described this as a really big step because it would be the first time that Lee wasn't the driving force for something at, at PLP. And that it took a lot of a lot of trust then from both him and also the people who were going to to drive this because it was something so new. Um, tell us a bit more then about, about the start of, of PLP Labs. It's very difficult to d- define that moment. Uh, 
the, the labs were set up to really almost uh, help us future-proof everything that we were designing and thinking about. It's sort of looking at how society is evolving, how technology is evolving, how policies are evolving, how we live in cities is evolving, and, and, and trying to make sure that these are captured in our designs, in our proposal ac proposals ac across the practice. And so the I would say like there were maybe some some challenges uh, at the beginning because some of the, a lot of the work was not necessarily purely architectural or purely I would say design work. Uh, some of the work was really uh, maybe pro designing a, a new product without even having a site. Uh, another example could be designing um, or conceiving of engagement tools. Uh, another one that. Uh, we worked on, for example, with with the with the the, the mayor's office and and and, and 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 a few other groups was on on best practice and policy and others are linked to pure like technology, you know, creating uh, tools to uh, design a more environmentally uh, friendly um, uh, buildings or tools to look at how we can use the data that we are collecting in a very systematic. Um, in a very systematic way to allow it to inform uh, decision making, and it felt like it's it's a transition that uh, we needed to, to make, and it's something that we needed to do in house. Uh, it became uh, obvious, and and I'm glad. I mean, I think at the beginning it took me some time, some convincing, but uh, but I feel like you know everyone's really excited about the lab, and everyone actually is a participant in the lab. So what I wanted to ask is, is something to do with about the building blocks for this career. Yeah, and sort of you've you've explained sort of very eloquently about sort of how what you've done and how what's the sort of impact of that been. One of the sort of the, the real sort of obvious statements is that you've done this all within a single employer. You're, tw you're coming up for 12 years now with PLP. How have you managed to keep finding these sort of catalysts for your growth without needing sort of external sort of or going out to find a different employer what what have you been doing so i think there are three um sort of answers the first one is when you're part of starting a, a business it's it's different than uh, you, there's an attachment that gets that gets created that you do feel that it is uh you know that it is your baby that you've contributed with a with a team to to create um, that that place so there's a sense of ownership in a way the second thing is I would say constant open uh, communication and feedback with the, the the people working around you whether it's your your colleagues your peers uh, but also uh, the, the, the leadership of the firm in order to I think there is something really uh, intelligent and, and smart about how the, these are dealt with in, in a sense at PLP and culturally. It's that there's an inv a constant investment in, in, in talent, in education, and there is a, a desire to uh, allow people from within to evolve and, and, and grow. I mean, this year, you know, with the pandemic having maybe 
I took a, decided to take a, a course at MIT on data science and, and, and real estate, and that was, you know, something that I was that was part of, of that. But the sec the last thing I would say is that uh, because we're in the position of an advisor, we sort of have I would say almost like my bosses change like I work with different clients and each one has a different culture and each one challenges you in a, in a different way and and I, I think I've also been very lucky to uh, work with with clients who have wanted to push the, the, the boundary and 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 do things in, in a certain way and and pushing us as well so I, I think this these are the three things that have made me really feel like I'm, I'm in the right place uh, where I am. But it's precisely because of this constant reinvention that it's working. I think otherwise I might have gotten bored. Okay. And so given that, what we've just dis uh, discussed then, what, what's the next challenge for you? Hmm, that is an interesting question because... You know, like you describe very nicely in, in this series, it's always there's a period of you know growth and acceleration, and then you sort of feel like you, you enter then a, a phase of consolidation. I don't know what the next phase looks like yet. I think uh, maybe because of the way have things have happened so far, it's been quite opportunistic and almost instinctive and not very well. I've never had like a career plan or, but I saw things actually this year uh, with what happened with the pandemic converge in, in a certain way. So the themes that I am really interested in, which are sustainability, I'd say ESG in general and innovation and, and design, I, I do feel that around us, whether it's internally at PLP or our, our clients and partners, there is a, a very big interest in bringing these three skills together. So I think I'd like to do more of, of that. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, I think it definitely does. And I think it'd be quite refreshing then for people to to hear who are listening to this, who feel in a very, very similar way that they don't have a career plan at the moment, that that's okay. You can you can you can enjoy the moment. You can sort of enjoy what you're what you're doing without having to worry about what's what's coming up next as well. So, Hala, as we start to sort of to wrap up the recording, there is there's something that someone said in my in my research that I that now having sort of spent this time with you, I can I can definitely uh, sort of understand. And I asked about about sort of what your probably most prominent trait is, and this is this is what they said. Hala behaves in such a way that is so respectful and kind and when she asks something of you she does it in such a specific manner that it's impossible to say no to um and i can definitely imagine that sort of your your tone in terms of how you, how you sort of uh, come across um and i can understand now why why you've been so successful in that sort of that that business and the, the particularly sort of the client's development piece now as well now what what do you think's in your makeup? Do you think, or where is it that's about sort of where where you've been that has shaped sort of how you, how you tackle these these challenges about whether it's sort of business development or or sort of or put simply sort of how that how you've you've done so well in your career so far. First of all, it's really nice to hear coming from Sherry. I I do feel sometimes that it's something that I share maybe with. Um, 
other Lebanese, other Lebanese people, you know, my age, you know, having grown up in a place where there are a lot of um, very different, strong opinions, and you have to navigate uh, through them, and sometimes maybe not pick a side, but be able to identify in each one of the discourses something that works from you and then just you know take a distance with other with other items have always I, I think made me more uh, empathetic and maybe more able to listen and identify what the person you know across the table from you is actually looking for and trying to find that and build a bridge on that and 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 uh, you know and and come together in business around that and it's I think it's tr- building these bridges that you know that's what sherry is is referring to and i i have to say i i i i enjoy this sometimes it feels like you're a do you say an english contortionist (laughs) (laughs) do you say that but um because when it works it's so worth it it's like you you see that you can get out of either your team members or partners in, in, in a project or uh, advisors. You can get the best out of them when you, uh, when you manage to do that. And it's very um, exciting and rewarding. Well, I've really enjoyed sort of listening to sort of the uh, the building blocks you've put into place now for for your career. I am equally sort of very interested to see where it, where it goes to uh, where it goes to uh, next. If I can end on one last question then, uh, and it's about success. Has your view on success changed over time? It has in, 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 in a number of, 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 of ways. I think I never imagined like an end to a path. So I don't have like a, a clear vision, but maybe I, I always thought I would become for this, you know, the very specialized in something very specific. And actually what has happened is quite uh, the opposite. And uh, I'm finding myself doing more things. It's more more wise, widespread. And this has meant that there is one trait of my personality that I have to really fight, which we mentioned earlier, is that uh, you know, wanting something to be completely finished or completely perfect because it represents you and 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 your work and 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 your worth, and it's having to detach myself from this and say it's you know better to get it to a certain point and make it happen and then uh, so so that is one of the one of the things but also i think the the other thing is it's not winning uh, work at any cost or arriving to a uh, to a certain type of project at any cost it's really i i'm finding i'm finding much more satisfaction in um the way we arrive so in the process and whereas maybe before i didn't think I didn't value the process when I was measuring success. Now that is part uh, of uh, of measuring success for me. Well, Hala, thank you very much. I've, as I mentioned before, I've really enjoyed listening to this. I'm sure our audience have too. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Nick. It was a pleasure talking to you today. The Urban Land Institute is the oldest and largest network of cross-disciplinary real estate and land use experts in the world with more than 45,000 global members. The ULI's ethos of personal development makes them an ideal collaborator on our podcast, and we encourage our listeners to learn more and become members by signing up at uli.org forward slash join. 
quoting the promo code ACRE. Thank you for listening.